What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Let's Talk Sports. I know we didn't uh, have an episode last week, so this episode is going to be a little bit more jam-packed with topics, but we'll uh, we'll push through them pretty quick. We're going to go ahead and skip the weekly rundown because pretty much every single topic that I threw up there, the guys wanted to talk about. So we're going to go ahead and head into word association. If you guys weren't here last week, a couple weeks ago, or as I would say a couple weeks ago, the week before that, I got picked on a lot about my uh, word choices. So I just went ahead and threw some sentences in there. And I just asked the guys to give me like one or two words that they think would describe this sentence. All right. So the first one we got is, I don't know if you guys saw the video of Royce O'Neal um, playing one-on-one against his mom, but he broke her ankles and she fell down. So uh, what's a couple words that you guys would describe this as? Disrespectful. <laughs> She raised him, taught him to be a good human being, and that's how he pays her back. Mm-mm. If I was his mom, I'd be like, you know what? <laughs> Give me like $500,000. Like that's, that's <laughs> the bare minimum of all the crap that she's had to go through to raise him. Yeah, she should have she sold it, man. Oh, my neck. Ah, oh, oh, no. <laughs> he better be buying his mom a new house, a new car. <laughs> John, what do you think about it? Uh, first thing that comes to my mind is foolish. His mom probably should have never even like played him. Like I think it was kind of dumb on her part to even try to do that. So okay. I'm not saying I don't feel sorry for but, her, but, but storylines if she would have beat him. Yeah, I just uh, I mean, like my I have a buddy of mine who used to live next door to me and he used to play his dad who's like a lot older than him but this buddy of mine isn't you know a professional athlete yeah i you know what the storyline should say royce o'neill's mom takes fall so royce o'neill doesn't look bad at basketball (laughs) anyway i wonder what they were playing for he did make the nba so he no i I was just i was just joking i was just joking (laughs) what do you what do you guys think they were playing for because we used to play for milkshakes i i think I think his mom was probably just talking for a new house. Yeah. (laughs) I think his mom was just talking a bunch of crap crap and Royce was like, yo, let me back you down real quick. Yeah. She's like, wow, you're a really underachieving NBA player. And he's like, you know what, mom? (laughs) Go outside and play some ball. Oh, no. All right. For the second one I got for this one, Del Curry recently said that his son, Steph Curry, could play until he's probably in his 40s and be as productive as he is now. What do you guys got to say about that? true because he the way that he plays that that style of play you can go until you're you know 40 50 as long as you can shoot the ball that's all he really needs to do he doesn't need to move around that much can i can i disagree with you though because he does move around a bunch because most of his but he did no most right now but to prolong his career he doesn't need to as long as yeah, but he's as, he's as still he gets old, they can have uh, they can have Jordan Poole run the offense, and as long as Steph can get open or someone can set a pick for him and he can get an open three pointer, it's not yeah. like he's gonna forget how to shoot, you know. I guess I guess it, like it's not it's not like he's someone that built his career off of getting to the basket and you know playing physical. I don't know though. It just. Most of his game is just him tiring out the defense, running around, getting off a pick or getting off a screen, and then getting an open three. I mean, I getting, guess getting off a pick and getting off a screen as long as he can do that. What, as long so, as he can 
picks for him, then he'll be fine. So what you think, you think he's going to be able to be a little bit more stationary, like a Kyle Korver was towards the end of his career and just absolutely. Yeah. I mean, obviously he's not going to be as productive as he is now, but he's still going to be a pretty good NBA player. You know, probably, probably probably similar to what Ray Allen was like at the end of his career. Yeah. But that, but that's what I'm saying though. He's, he's saying that he could still be as productive as he is now into his (laughs) forties. You know I mean? That's, that's what I'm saying. I don't. I don't I mean, think. I don't think that he's going to be, you know, averaging 28 and eight. You know what I mean? A game. I in think the it's 40s. It's tough to say because players now, especially in the NBA, are taking better care of their bodies than we've ever seen before. So we're seeing LeBron play at you know his highest level ever into his late 30s. Yeah, but that's LeBron think, though. Not everybody does. Yeah, but that. you don't think Steph is doing the same kind of stuff to take care of his body? Yeah, but LeBron's always been a freak athlete. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's maybe this is a, a topic for that we can dive deeper into into another episode. But clearly, like we have a disagreement deep. on it. <laughs> what? I like the plug there. Yeah. Dive in, in the deep dive sports. Yeah, maybe maybe Dom and I will have a debate about this in uh, on our next episode or something like that. So we'll we'll think about that. But uh, John, what's a couple words to describe this? I know Dom and I kind of did a uh, little accurately little hard. Okay. I think it can happen, but I think it's going to be very hard to do. Anybody playing at the professional uh, level into their 40s is, I mean, yeah, they're taking care of their body, but they're also, you know, a freak of nature or an exceptional athlete. It just doesn't happen that often. Um, I can't think of a sport that people play into their 40s, and it's like a common occurrence. Um, God, maybe ultimate eating challenge or – Maybe Joey, Joey Chestnut. <laughs> yeah, maybe something like that. I don't know. I'd have to look that up. You know, most common sports play into their forties. I'd have to look. That. I don't. It would is golf unusual to play in your forties? There's there's like some productive golf players in their forties. I feel like. Okay. I, mean, I don't know. I don't maybe, nothing about golf. Maybe but I'm just, maybe bowling. Bowling might be bowling. a sport that they could play into their forties. Well, I mean, all sports you could play into your forties. I said all sports you could play in your 40s, but it's just like which ones are the most common with like the most 40-year-olds playing in that sport? I don't I don't know. Like I, I said, know. maybe eating or golf or or poker or something like that. I mean, there's guys in the UFC that are like, oh, gosh, 45, 46, 47, and they're in it, you know, they're playing at a high level and they're, you know, they're arguably the best fighters in the world. You have guys like Tom Brady, they're like 44, 45 playing at a very high level. So it happens, but as far as like, it's not something that happens all the time. Yeah. Well, let us know at home guys, what you think about, you know, Steph playing into his forties and if he's really going to be as productive as he is now. So we're going to go ahead and move into our main topics here. Our first one, of the night, I'm going to have Dom on here with me. We're going to talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. and his suspension for the rest of the season. Obviously, he's not going to be able to play in the playoffs either. If you guys don't know, he um, he got got for using a banned substance. You know, he came out and said that he didn't know that he was using it, that, you know, he took a medication for some ringworm and the banned substance was a part of it. So I guess, you know, the first question I have for Dom is, you know, how does this hurt the Padres first? And then uh, after we answer this, we'll get into our second question. Well, regular season, I don't know how much it hurts them this year because he hasn't played a game all season. And uh, they traded for Juan Soto when they're still doing pretty good. Um, where it's really going to hurt them is the playoffs because, I mean, Tatis is – he's one of the best players in baseball. 
Um, so they were really going to be relying on him to really make a, a World Series push because the last couple of years, I don't know how much you've followed um, like baseball on the trade deadline, but they've gone all in on trying to win a World Series. And that team ideally would would have been built around Tatis, and he's not going to be there for the rest of this season and probably not until April, May of next year because uh, it's an 80-game suspension. Um, it's just – just sad. What I I don't I, I know I didn't sign up for this topic, but what I don't understand is how does he not know there is a banned supplement? Like, oh, does this guy not talk to his doctors? It they, sounds fishy to me. They they all know well, was, what goes into their bodies. They know what they're doing. Okay. The whole you don't take anabolic steroids for ringworm. Yeah, yeah. I, I was just like, what? Like, yeah. Um, and all these guys, they they know exactly what's going into their bodies. So he, the, oh, I didn't know what I was taking. It, it's just a bunch of BS. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's the first thing that came to my mind was it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no. Sucks for the playoffs. I agree with Dom. He definitely knew. These guys are ding-dongs. I don't understand why. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand why they say this stuff. NFL, it doesn't matter what sports you're in. You know what you're putting in your body. Don't come out here and try to save face. This, this is basically just him trying to be like, please don't not let me in the Hall of Fame when I'm done. That's what this is. So, well, and his reputation has kind of taken a big hit this year because, one, going into spring training, he broke his wrist on a motorcycle accident that he lied to the Padres about. And then he tested for this banned substance in May and never notified the Padres. And if he would have settled with Major League Baseball and, like, was upfront about it, he could have accepted his suspension earlier in the season and been back for a playoff push. But because he kind of prolonged out the process, now he's done until early next season. Yeah, sounds like the Padres should just get rid of him. The, well, see, the funny thing is they signed him to do a 13-year contract before this season. So oh, well, that's that's time soon. Oh. Well, if they can if they can get his like his attitude mm-hmm. stuff straightened out, he's a really good player. So and I think I think the big three that they've kind of formed there and the rest of the guys they got around him, I mean, they could make a pretty good playoff push every single year. So um Absolutely. but yeah, I mean I they they know what they're putting into their body. This is just kind of like a safe face kind of thing. So we'll go ahead and move on to our second topic, though, here with Dom. And it's going to be about Darius Garland. So Darius Garland recently said over the past couple of weeks that he, that he believes that the Cavs can make the conference finals next year. So I guess first, Dom, is this realistic? And then second, you know, what is your realistic outlook for this team over the next five years? I like the attitude. And I love the drive and like um, like goal setting that Darius Garland has. I don't think it's really realistic to be in the conference finals next year. I mean, un- unless they catch some major breaks and you know some other guys on other teams get injured, um, I do think that this is a team that contend for the playoffs. I think um, they would have contended for a, a playoff spot this year, barring some injuries that they had late in the season. But I do think this is a team that can contend for the sixth, fifth or sixth seed at best, I think would be the ceiling for the team this year. And you know what? My goal for them this year, get in the playoffs, get that playoff experience. Um, you know, I, I think they'll be very lucky to get the, to the Eastern Conference finals because the Eastern Conference is pretty tough. Um, but I love the enthusiasm. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree. I think, 
I think conference finals this year is definitely like that'd be cool, but I don't I think I think they can make it out of the first round if they're able to stay healthy and stay because like they were on pace. And I think this is a young team. And when you have those kind of injuries to those key guys, like you need a lot of those young guys to step up. And it's not that they weren't ready, but they they hadn't been in those situations in the NBA. Yet, they, right? they didn't really have the depth and the Karis yeah. Levert trade really didn't work out as planned. Yeah. So I, but I, I do like what they did in the off season and who knows what um, Colin Sexton is going to be like when he comes back. Well, that's if that's if they bring him back. So we'll see. And, well, there's really no market for him. So yeah. I don't know what he's going to do, but <laughs> he'll go, going into he'll go, future, he'll go take the, the minimum somewhere else. <laughs> nah, I don't yeah. know. He might as um, well stay. No, I mean, I, like I said, I, I think definitely, definitely not completely unrealistic, but I don't think it's the most realistic either. So I guess for that second question though, what do you, what do you kind of expect over the next five years for the Cavs? I think in the next couple of years, this can definitely be a team. If, if they keep that core together and they kind of fill out the roster with some veterans, I think this is definitely a team in the future that can really contend for a spot in the NBA finals. I mean, you got your core in Darius Garland, Jared Allen. And then I think in the coming years, Edmund Mobley is really going to develop into the centerpiece of that big three. Right now it's Darius Garland, but I think in the next couple of years, Evan Mobley is just going to, he's just going to grow exponentially. I think he can be a fringe MVP candidate in the next five years. I know that's saying a lot, knocking on wood. I hope it happens, but if they can just fill out the roster with some, some veteran talent and they get that playoff experience starting this year, yeah, this could definitely be a dangerous organization in the next couple of years. Honestly, for me, for the next five years, I if this team is able to stay healthy and, like you said, put some good like veteran players around this young core, I think that this is a team that I think they can make the conference finals twice over the next five years, and I think that they have a really good chance of making making a championship game. I don't know if they win it, but I think they have a good chance of making it only because – I don't think Brooklyn's going to stay together the way it is. I think Katie and Kyrie are pretty much on their way out. And even if they stay together, what they've already, they, they haven't proven that they can play together anyway. I don't believe in James Harden and Joel Embiid. Joel Embiid had a phenomenal season last year, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to stay healthy and play like that forever. I'd have to see it first. I hope he does. Cause I love, I love the way that he was able to play and carry that team last year. And I just don't think James Harden is really going to be the guy that we've seen him in the past. I think the Celtics are kind of flaky. Yeah. I think the Celtics and the Heat are flaky. I think Jimmy Butler and Jason Tatum and John was it John Brown? No. Jalen Brown. Sorry. Jalen Brown. I think those guys, like, I know the Celtics made it to the finals, but I, I don't know. I need to see like Jason Tatum really decide to take over and be like the superstar that everybody wants him to be. And everybody says that Jimmy Butler is a superstar, but He's kind of like James Harden. He doesn't he doesn't show up in the playoffs. So you're kind of like, oh, where's he gonna be? You know what I mean? So really well, the only don't forget about the Bucks too. You can't cut out Giannis. No, and that's that's what I was gonna say. Really, the team that's I feel like Giannis and the Bucks are really the team that's in the Cavs' way at this point. And don't forget about the Heat too. Or not the Heat, uh, the Hawks, because Trey Young is he's the I, real dude. But every but every year though, everyone's like, Oh, here comes the Hawks, and then where are they? You know what I mean? And I get Trey Young's gonna yeah, get but better, you, but you don't know what the team's gonna be like in the next couple of years. You can't you can't just have you can't just have him on the team. And the Hawks have never really been that great about building around their stars either. So I'd have to see it first. 
Um, yeah. But well, yeah, I'm just I'm just saying if it, they the Cavs finally have made good decisions, and I think if they continue to do so over the five years, I don't think it's totally improbable that they make two conference championship games and make at least one finals run. So, um, but we'll go ahead and go into our third topic. I know Dom is super excited about this one, and probably a lot of you guys at home are. But Slam Ball is making its comeback in the summer of 2023. So, Dom, my, my question is for you, since you're so hyped about this, is, you know, first, like, I guess, how hyped are you for this? And then second, you know, how smart is it for them, you know, playing in the summer? And I guess which part of summer do you think would be the best for them to get the most views for this whole thing? Um, I'm hyped about it. I'm pretty hyped about it because I get to relive my childhood, kind of, because um, I, I watched quite a bit of slam ball when I was a kid. Um so, yeah, I'm excited to watch it. I'm kind of intrigued to see how similar it is compared to, like, the, the first go-around that they had. Um, but I think it'd just be cool to, to watch it in general. Um, I think it is pretty smart that they're doing it in the summer because the only professional sport going on in the summer is baseball. So they're not really going to have any sort of competition, especially if you're into basketball. There's no basketball going on in the summer besides the NBA Summer League, and no one really watches that. So – Slam ball is probably going to be a little bit more interesting. So, yeah, I think it's pretty smart that they're playing in the summer. Yeah, I, I think if they find that, like, this, the pocket of, like, what, July to August? Like, I think that would be a good pocket because there's not really much yeah. going on other than baseball. So, you know, they, they don't have to compete basketball-wise for anybody else other than the WNBA and they just have to compete with uh, baseball. So I think that that would be a perfect spot for them, and and I'm super excited for it. I know that we did an episode that like, mm-hmm. this was one of our first episodes. with. Yeah, it was like the third or fourth episode we ever did. Yeah, that we did it on Slam Ball. So if you guys want to go all the way back to like our third we'll, 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 we'll episode. We'll link it in, in the post on this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, it's pretty cool. So um, I think that was, I did a whole trailer for that too, or something like that. I don't know. So it's definitely pretty interesting, but, um, we'll, we'll talk more about it. Maybe we'll do a whole nother episode on it. Uh, once it comes out close and uh, go over the teams and, and the players and do something fun for that. So, but we're going to go ahead and move on to our fourth topic here. John's going to go ahead and join Dom and myself. We're going to talk about Patriots running back, James White. You know, he retired this past week. And I think a lot of people have been talking about his, his legacy and, and, you know, the, the kind of career that he leaves behind. So that's my first question for you guys. And then my second question is like, do you think that he's inducted into the hall of fame one day or, or no? So uh, John, I'll let you go first on this one. Well, you know, he had an impact on, you know, the Patriots, you know, I wouldn't say he's hall of fame, but I think he was a role player. He did score that winning touchdown in the Super Bowl against Atlanta, which caused him to win the game. I mean, there are other players that contributed to why they won the game. But, yeah, I don't – I think that's going to be his legacy as somebody that kind of just did rotations. I'm not saying he didn't have an impact. I'm not saying he wasn't good or he didn't contribute, but I don't think he's Hall of Fame. Okay. Uh, Dom, what do you got on this one? I think he's going to be known as a running back that was really more known for his wide receiving abilities and was never really a full-time starter in the league. And he's really only going to be known for that one touchdown in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean. The the fact that people are considering him for the the saying he should be in the Hall of Fame is is a joke. I mean, the the guy, let's talk about his stats for a second. I have him pulled up here. (laughs) 
in his whole career. All right. From I'm glad I'm glad you had him pulled up because I had him pulled up too. I was going to go over him, but you, so, you got it. <laughs> from 2014 to 2021, he rushed for 1,278 yards. From that what? that's a good that's a good year for one running back for one year. His whole seven year career, he rushed for 1,200 yards. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. Receiving in his seven-year career, he he had three thousand two hundred seventy-eight receiving yards. So two, if you're an elite receiver, that's two years of of production. He couldn't. He was never really a feature back at any point in his career, and he rushed for less than two thousand yards in seven years. No, he's not a Hall of Famer. So this this is what I'm going to say, right? So there's going to be lots of guys. I'm going to say that we're going to go back and talk about that what Belichick was able to do. And I think that a lot of teams have tried to emulate in the past, especially when you talk about running back by committee, but you get a lot of guys that are really good at one thing and you put them in, in that position to be successful. Right. So you have somebody like Julian Edelman, who's phenomenal in the slot and he's a really good possession catch, right? But he's not going to blow you out of the water with his ability to get down the field or get by the defenders. You know what I mean? Those kinds of things. He's not going to rack up a bunch of yards or a bunch of touchdowns, but he's going to be able to get you a catch when you need it, right? James White is pretty much the same kind of guy. Like you're going to be able to put him in a certain situation and he's going to be able to be productive for you on that play when you need him to be on that play. So I think when we look back at a lot of these like I'm going to call them role players for the Patriots for the Belichick Tom Brady era and we talk about them making the super making the Hall of Fame sorry one day. I think that you know a lot of people are going to be like, "Oh, well they have 3, 4, 5, 6, maybe even 7 Super Bowls." And you're like, "Well, yeah, but you know, they it's, it's kind of like what like the the Bill Lambeard like like he was there, like he won you know what I mean, but like wasn't the integral part. Like he was just a piece that they right. put there because he fit really well in the role that, that he did or they did. And that's, that's what helped the Patriots be successful for all those years. Now you have guys like, you know, like Gronk, Gronk will bank it into the, the hall of fame because he's, he, you know, he's acquired the stats, you know what I mean? Those kinds of things. But I, I don't know. I, I do think James white will be, one of those guys that we look at and he had that awesome moment in the Super Bowl, and I think it's awesome that he'll be remembered for that, but I don't think that he should be inducted into the Hall of Fame just because he has what three super three of the Super Bowls. So I, I just yeah, like, it, like just because you were on the roster doesn't mean that you're a Hall of Fame player. Who's who's, well, that, no, guy, well, who's that guy that was on the bolt? Was it the Bulls or that for like all six of those championships, but he didn't play? I can't think of it. Talk about the Bills. Who's the who are the Bulls? Like the Chicago, Chicago Bulls. Bulls. The Chicago Bulls. Oh, I'm I sorry. I think, I think it was the Chicago Bulls or somebody else. They just they like literally sat on the bench for like all all the championships. You know what? You, you you know the legacy they left behind? We don't even know that person's name. <laughs> That's pretty fair. <laughs> so, <laughs> all right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the Jets and our next topic. So everybody loves talking about the Jets. Yeah, no. <laughs> so the Jets have been pretty unlucky this preseason. They lost Mekhi Becton for the season to a fracture in his right kneecap. And now Zach Wilson looks to be having the injury bug again this season. He's going to be out for, I know they said like two to three weeks, but it might be more about a month um, with his injury there that he's sustained in basically like the, was it the first drive of preseason. So, I mean, good thing they get to go with their like 
starting quarterback Joe Flacco that their head coach seems to think that he is. But anyway, so I guess first, you know, what does this do for their season? And then second, guys, like, are they just cursed to be bad for, like, all of time? (laughs) Dom, we'll go with you first. Um, Well, no, I don't think they're cursed. I don't believe in curses. But I I do think – the Mekhi Becton injury really hurts them because I think he was going to take a step forward this year. And anytime you lose your starting left tackle is going to have a pretty big negative effect on that offense, both in the run game and the passing game. Um, Zach Wilson, you know, we're lucky that not, I, I say we like I'm a Jets fan, but we as NFL fans are lucky that it wasn't an ACL tear and that he will be back, you know, maybe missing two weeks um, in the regular season. So he'll still play in most of the regular season because I think this year is going to be a good year for his development. They have a lot of young talent on that offense. So I, I think this year is going to be pivotal for him. So I'm glad he doesn't get to lose it. And yeah, I, it just sucks that they lost Mekhi Becton for the year. No, I agree. This is a team that has so much young talent. When you talk about Mekhi Becton, you talk about you know, uh, was it Garrett Wilson's on the team now? You have Sauce Gardner. They drafted Brees Hall. So, like, you have a lot of good talent around, you know, that team. And, and Zach Wilson, we were kind of – I was hoping to kind of finally get to see him maybe take that next step and see what he could really be in the NFL. But hopefully he can stay healthy. Um, I, I don't know. Well, John, what do you think about this? Like, obviously, what do you think it does for their season? And then – you know, Dom doesn't think they're cursed, but do you think they're cursed? No, I, I think a curse is something that has to go longer than a year. You know, I mean, I, this is probably not a good thing to admit, but I'm pretty superstitious about a lot of things. Um, so I, I do believe in bad luck, good luck, curses. I'm not sure why I do. I just, that's just what I believe. Uh, I, I don't really want to get into that topic of why I do and why I don't. But yeah, I mean, I think if it's a curse, it has to be for a longer period of time for it to be called a curse. You know, this is not like the curse of the lions where, Oh, I can't think of the guy's name. He played in the fifties said that uh, lions wouldn't win a championship in 50 years. And it's been 50 years and they still haven't won it. Or, you know, the, the curse of the great Bambito where um, even though that curse has ended uh, you know, the Red Sox didn't win a world series for like 80, 90 something years. So, uh, yeah, I don't think they're cursed, but I do think it affects them. Um, how, do, how do I say this? I think it really affects the Jets, but I, I would think it would obviously affect them more and would affect their fan base if, let's say, they were a team that people were counting on making the playoffs or winning the Super Bowl like they did in, I think, 08, 09, when they had to roll out Revis. Everybody was like, oh, you know, the Jets are going to win the Super Bowl, and they were a high favorite, and I think they went like 8-8 eight and eight that year. Uh, so, I, like I said, if that if they were in the same scenario now that they were then, I would think it would be even more of an impact because it would have you know the fan base and the organization and everybody that's a Jets fan would have all this hype, and all of a sudden it would be like having a balloon being deflated or popped right before their eyes. But the fact that they're a rebuilding team, that they're a young team, and yes, it is a setback. I don't think it's as dramatic or. Um, psychological, if I guess is probably the right word to put it, then it could be if they were like on the brink of winning a championship. Yeah, no, I agree. It's not like 
it's not like this is the Ravens last year where everyone's like, oh, the Ravens are a playoff team. And then all of a sudden they had all those injuries and then it just derailed the whole season. You know, I think this was a team that was going to pick top 10 next year anyway in the draft. So maybe now they just pick top eight. You know what I mean? I don't think it's really going to affect them any more than what it was. I, I agree with you, John, on that one. I just, I think it, I think if anything, it might just hurt the development of Makai Becton. It might hurt the development of Brees Hall just a little bit there in the backfield without one less guy to block for him. And then it's it might hurt the development of Zach Wilson a little bit because he doesn't have his tackle. You know what I mean? So, but I don't think it's really going to ultimately affect you know their play on the field because it wasn't going to be that good anyway. And they it's not like they were going to make a push in the playoffs. So I, I do agree with you there. But let us know at home, guys, what you you know you think about those injuries there with the Jets. So, but we're gonna go ahead and move into our final topic here of our main topic list, and this is a little bit more of a fun one. So John's gonna be on this one with me here. But the the question that I po- proposed, I guess if you want to call it, is um, which coach from these iconic football movies slash TV shows would you hire as the head coach of your high school program, your college program? and an NFL team if you were running one. And it doesn't have to be the same three. So when I list these guys out, if you want to comment down below, it doesn't have to be the same three. So, you know, the first person I put up here was Coach Klein, played by Henry Winkler in The Water Boy. And then you got Coach Gary Gaines, played by Billy Bob Thornton in the movie of Friday Night Lights. And then the third one I got is Coach Eric Taylor, who was played by Kyle Chandler in the TV show Friday Night Lights. Then you got coach Jim McGinty played by Gene Hackman in the movie, the replacements. Then you have coach Tony. I'm going to probably butcher this, but the motto played by Al Pacino in any given Sunday. Then you got coach Herm Boone played by Denzel Washington in remember the Titans. You got coach Bill Yost played by Will Patton in remember the Titans. You got coach Jack Langyell played by Matthew McConaughey and we are Marshall. Then you have coach Dick Vermeil, played by Greg Keener in the movie Invincible, which also stars Mark Warburg. And then you have coach Burt Cotton, played by Ray McKinnon in The Blind Side. And the last two here, you have coach Marty Daniels, played by Ed Marino in the TV show Blue Mountain State, which is Dom's like favorite TV show, I think. And then you have Coach Ted Lasso, played by Jason Sedakis, and none other than the TV show Ted Lasso. So, John, who's your uh, picks for if you were to hire a high school coach, college coach, or an NFL coach? Well, uh, you know, I, I but the coach I picked, coaches, I picked three coaches. This was for all of high school. Um, unfortunately, our high school football team was not very successful with the four years that I was there. Um, we won six games. We had an 0 and 10 season our freshman year. And then sophomore year went five and five junior year went one and nine and 0 and 10 are my senior season. So, and I, I, I picked these coaches strictly because I, I felt like if we had them and I'm not, I mean, I love our coaches at high school. Don't get me wrong. But I think if we had these other coaches, we would have been more successful. I picked them because I think they would, I'm not I'm sorry to talk about the coaches for this podcast because I think they would have gotten us better and, and made us work harder. Um, it would have really brought a, a, either a winning tradition to our program or at least made us better in some capacity. Um, Cause I mean, there were times where 
um, you know, we had five guys in the weight room during the off season at one time. And you just, you can't get better when you have five guys in the weight room, you know, when not the whole, not the whole team is in there. So, um, let me look, I picked Dick Vermeil from the invincible movie. Cause I, I, he really, uh, believed in his players. I, he believed in Mark Wahlberg, uh, not Mark Wahlberg, but the character that Mark Wahlberg was playing. I, I feel like that's something not saying our coaches didn't believe in us, but I think that would, he would have really helped our program. And then my other two coaches were Gary Gaines from remember the, for remember the Titans, uh, and then Herman Boone, no, I'm sorry, Gary Gaines from Friday Night Lights, the movie, and then Herman Boone from Remember the Titans. And I picked those coaches strictly because I think they would have just given our team a toughness, uh, the motivation not to quit. I mean, if you've seen those movies, uh, you know, Herman, um, Gary Gaines talks like right before they're about to go in the second half, the state championship, how, you know, being perfect is not about winning, not about score scoring. It's about giving your all and, and, you know, leaving it all in the field, you know, being able to look at your friends and loved ones and family members and whatnot, and, and being able to look at them in the eye and say, Hey, you know what? I give it everything I had. Uh, there wasn't one more thing I can do. And then Herman Boone puns by, Denzel Washington and the member of the Titans, I picked him be, because he was just a, he was just a butt kicking coach. I mean, in the movie, you remember the Titans, he woke the guys at like at 3 AM to go running in the middle of the night when they went to their football camp and, you know, towards the beginning of the movie, um, you know, he had players where they would run a mile if they fumbled the ball or, you know, missed a block. Um, and he just, he, he, I, I just, I couldn't, I was kind of, I'm kind of tied between those two, Gary Gaines and Herman Boone. I just think they're, they have, they have a toughness. I think they instilled that toughness into their players. And I think all, you know, they made their players a lot more resilient and a lot more hardworking. And, you know, when, unfortunately, you know, our team had a, a losing attitude. And I think those three coaches, especially the two coaches, Herman Boone and Gary Gaines, I think they would have turned that around. Might've taken a couple of years, but I, I think they would have helped significantly. Heck yeah. Yeah. I have, um, I, I picked Herman Boone for my, my, my high school program there. I think that he's a perfect fit. I think what he did and remember the Titans and the, in the tone that Denzel Washington really played this character um, is is really what I think you need in a high school coach. I don't think that it would be a good college or professional um, coach just because, you know, doing those kinds of things, getting them up at three in the morning and taking them on a run or, or you know, making them do a bunch of, you know, running or, you know, physical things because they mess up on things or, you know, yelling at them and stuff like that. We've seen that that doesn't really work in the NFL because these guys are adults and, you know, adults don't really like getting yelled at. So I think that he would be perfect, you know, for instilling that kind of toughness, like you said, and instilling that kind of work ethic in, you know, the youth that would hopefully carry on to the next level. For my college coach, I picked Jack Langell, and um, this was, you know, the coach from We Are Marshall, played by Matthew McConaughey, and I picked him for the college program, obviously, because if you guys haven't seen We Are Marshall, it's based on a true story, so, you know, the, the synopsis of the movie is that basically the team is on a, a you know, they're on their way to a game, and, and everybody 
and then there's a, a horrific crash and everybody passes away. Um, and you know, Matthew McConaughey's character kind of comes in and, and rebuilds this team and, you know, puts it together and, and just the way that he's able to motivate people and, and you go get the best leadership out of people and, um, and be there emotionally for some of the characters. Cause there was a few characters that weren't able, that didn't travel with the team because either they were injured or sick or something happened and just to be able to be there emotionally and help them develop throughout. I just think that that kind of a coach would be perfect for um, a college program, especially a college program that might be rebuilding. And then I honestly wouldn't hire any of these guys for the NFL ranks. I don't think that, um, you know, I don't think that even Matthew McConaughey's character would be perfect for the NFL. And I think the rest of these guys are, you know, either super goofy, <laughs> whether that's Marty, you know, Cardi coach, Marty McDaniels from blue mountain state, or, you know, a, a big pushover like Ted Lasso, or they're just, you know, too gritty, a too old school kind of coach. Um, I just don't think that they would really fit well in the NFL. So I really wouldn't hire any of them. And like I said, Herm, Herman Boom would be a little bit too intense, I think, for an NFL program. You don't think Ted Lasso could be a great NFL coach, the greatest motivator of all time, <laughs> that knows how to get the best out of his players at any level. The guy that started out as a high school football coach that knows a little bit about, you know, American football. You Listen, don't think? I think, I think that he would be. You can put him into any situation and he will know how to get the best out of anyone. I don't know, man. I don't listen. I love Ted Lasso. I think the situation that he is, is in was perfect because that team needed all the motivation in the world and they needed all those quirky little sayings and all that. You don't think the Jaguars or the Jets kind of fit? Uh, Or the Lions? I don't know. They, I mean, maybe. Or if they need any sort of motivation that they could possibly get that Ted Lasso would provide? He might, he might, he might be good. I don't know. (laughs) I'm, I'm kind of torn on it because I do, I do think that like, when it, if we're really going to dive into this, Ted Lasso is probably one of, when you talk about the character, Ted Lasso is probably one of the best at putting people in positions to be successful. That being, that, that being his assistant coaches, you know what I mean? So like from that standpoint, I think him building and building the assistants around him, I think he'd be really good at, and that would make him pretty good in the NFL. But I just think that, I think, I think he'd be too much, of a player's coach. And sometimes in the NFL, we've seen that backfire a little bit. So I don't know if that would be the best, but I'd be, I'd be willing to give him a chance on a team that's rebuilding. Like I guess the Jags or maybe the jets, maybe even the Falcons um, or the Seahawks, if we wanted to get rid of Pete Carroll, but you know, I, I don't know. Definitely interesting. Let's know at home. Like, what do you guys think, you know, which of these coaches do you think would be the best in in the situation of whether that's high school, college, or NFL. And um, do you agree more with Dom? Do you think Ted Lasso would be a perfect NFL coach, or do you agree more with me where you're kind of on the fence with it? So we're going to go ahead and finish our episode here on our famous double-take segment. I actually do have two things this week, guys. I don't know if you do or not, but we'll go ahead and start around. We'll start with Dom. We'll go Dom, John, and then myself, and then we'll go back around if you guys have another one. I don't got anything. Wow. Boo. <laughs> you don't have anything? Nothing cool yeah. happened the, the past couple of weeks? I go to work. I come home. I eat food. I go to bed. Like, wow. We went, we went to a Guardians game uh, not this weekend, but the weekend before. Well, how was that? That's something. That was pretty fun. We won. There you go. Yeah. yeah. It was a good time. Anything crazy happen? No? Oh, my brother 
So we went to, there's one food vendor there called Happy Dog. And John, you're from the Cleveland area. You might know this, but you can get like ridiculous stuff on, you know, on a, on a hot dog, right? Yeah, I think I know yeah. that. Yeah. My brother didn't know what to get on top of so I was like, you know what? Get something crazy. You only live once. Get mac and cheese or Fruit Loops on this hot dog. <laughs> he was like, mm, kind of shrugged his shoulders and then looks at the lady and says, I'll have mac and cheese and Fruit Loops on this <laughs> hot dog. <laughs> and the, the look that she gave him was like confused and like kind of concerned that he ordered that on a hot dog. And the the look of everyone's face in line was just pure disgust. And I was just, I was dying of laughter. <laughs> but he, did he like it? Oh yeah. He loved it. It changed his life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Yo, mac and cheese and fruit loops on a hot dog. Try it. Let us know what you think. If it's bad, <laughs> please blame, don't. blame Dom's don't. brother. <laughs> yeah, blame my brother, but please don't do it. <laughs> Um, and if you like it, maybe we'll have a maybe we'll have Antonio on, and uh, he can describe his experience for us. So, <laughs> uh, John, what's your first thing? Well, um, I'm just excited for Madden to come out. Um, my, I got a free copy because my data season tickets. I think we talked about that in a couple episodes ago. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm thinking about using the game and like trying to make a movie with it with my dog. It's like like a, almost like a sports comedy with my dog is my co-host. So that's kind of like a because I, I want to go into film as a career. So that's kind of a, a thing that I've been kind of bouncing around in my head and how to do that. And OK, All right. things like that. Um, Deep Dive Sports presents John and his dog playing Madden. I love it. I wish I could get Bo to play Madden, but I don't think that's going to work. So, um, but our, our, our one dog, Molly, who's like 12 or 13 now, I taught her how to speak. Oh, not like in English, she'll like bark and whatnot. And I'm, so I'm going to try to teach Bo, see if he can, I, I just can't have film him and just have him sitting there. You know, he has to say something and then I'll translate or make it look like I'm translating. John, I don't know if you know this, but I was in a movie in college. So if you need any voiceover work for your dog, like I could totally, I could change oh, really? my voice up. Yeah, I could, okay. I could totally voice over for your dog. Like, I think that would okay. be super fun. If they are, we could, we could work this out together. That's what I'm saying. So, okay. Yeah, I'll fun. definitely keep that in mind. Thank you. Yeah, Dom, Dom was in the movie too. Like Dom and I were in a movie. It was, it was amazing. So it was pretty fun. Yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. I don't know my my plans are final now. Um, but yeah, I was thinking of like filming me playing a Madden game and then having like a talk show thing afterwards yeah. and have me and the dog talking about the game or talking about highlights and things yeah, like I that. I thought we'd agreed never to speak in that movie again. <laughs> Yo, it was a good movie. We did a good job. At least I did. I thought I did great. Listen, oh, yeah, I, you and Austin did fine. I, I did what I could with the script i was given okay um, and i didn't remember the script so i wrote it on the back of my notepad and just read off the notepad this so you know what oh man i had i had I still first... have it. we can watch it sometime yo we should post that oh my no, gosh we, we how long is it get, it's like, like yeah it's it, permission from the from the uh director oh yeah you're right though we're not making any who's money the director we're not making any money off of it though he, he we might were not in it. We were in it. 
We, I, I was the star. I would still ask the director. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah, we could, we could text him. I'm sure he'd be cool with it. No, so we, we were in a. This is. I'll, I'll change my first thing to this. We were in like a student-led film, <laughs> basically. Like one of, one of our like friends or whatever. He, he was, he wrote a movie basically about himself, and I, okay. I played him in the movie, and um, our friend Austin what played his best friend. And then Dom played like a, a therapist in the movie. So basically in the scene that I did, the couple scenes I did with Dom, like he wrote his, 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 his lines on the notepad that he was using. And then on the other side, he'd write like, like <laughs> F you or, he like drew like random stuff on there and like trying to make me break during the whole thing. It, the, it, honestly, man, it was, it was an interesting experience. I, I don't know, but yeah, that was pretty fun. So <laughs> do you guys have a second thing, Dom or John, you got a second thing? Nope. I do. There you go. Do you want me to go or what Dom, like yeah. Dom go? You're good. Dom. Dom's, uh, Dom's, uh, just, just, I've, just been, I've been just doing more writing with the book. Um, that's my second thing. Um, and I've been studying for a math placement test for school. Um, I've tried, I'm going to try to take the test Wednesday. And then if I place in the college level math, I could take that one class in the fall and graduate with associates and move on to some other school after that. So I'm excited, but at the same time, really nervous because I really want to get a high enough score. I have to get what well, used to be I had to get a 30 and they changed it for some reason. Now I got to get a 14. I don't know if that's any easier than a 30. I would think it would be because it's like a, a, a less number or a smaller number. So, yeah, that's kind of what I've been up to. Just kind of doing a, it's a it's a map practice thing. It's called Alex. It's, it's an interesting software. It really helps you learn the material and stuff. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I bet you do. I bet you do. <laughs> Well, I hope you passed that test, John. That's, you know, that's Thank you. obviously getting, getting your college education is, um, is a, is a pretty cool accomplishment. Um, I know Dom, Dom and I, and, and David, we did it and, uh, we did our time and got out, but it was pretty cool. And, you know, definitely, definitely cool hanging it up on, on your wall and, 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 uh, going back on that accomplishment. So, but for my second thing, I don't know if you guys know or not, I don't think we've talked about it yet on the podcast, but. You know, for you guys that are in Cleveland, if you're super interested in it, um, the American Massage Therapist National Convention is going to be in Cleveland <laughs> from August 25th to the 27th. So if you guys are like, you know, definitely stop. show up. I think you stop. might see. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. I know what you're doing. Will we see it. Deshaun Watson? You might, you might, he might, he might show up just to support, you know, um, his, his favorite profession. You know, I think he's, yeah, I think, I think he's looking for, for a new massage therapist. Obviously the past 66 didn't work out. So I think he's looking for number 67. They signed this man to a contract and I'm sure that this convention has been in the works for years now, but this, the timing of it is, is insane. So if you guys are at the, you know, American Massage Therapist Association's National Convention on the 25th to the 27th, you know, be on the lookout. Maybe you'll be able to get an autograph from uh, the starting quarterback of the Cleveland Browns, the Sean Watson. So, 
But that's going to pretty much do it for our episode. We powered through a lot of topics, guys. I'm proud of you guys. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, but we'll be back next week here. I think next week will probably be the last time that we do this episode every single week. I think we're going to go to every other week because I'm going to go back to um, bringing back our Ohio verse show um, every two weeks as well, too. So we'll rotate. So one week will be Ohio verse. Another week will be let's talk sports. Um, because we are going to be starting Ohio State football here soon, which is going to be super exciting. Um, they're going to start out with Notre Dame as their first game of the season. So we'll make sure to go over that and get you guys all um, set up for that. <laughs> Tom, what are you laughing about? We have something to talk to you about off camera. Oh, no. <laughs> all righty. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll start like a, a – uh, what is it, a Patreon page or something like that. You guys can get all these off-camera – off camera conversations. It, it, it's just an idea for a, the fantasy football team name that I um, want to run. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. As always, you can check us out on uh, pretty much any social media site. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Go ahead and make sure you click on that link when we post it. It'll take you to a website that'll take you to where you can click on any link that you want to go to and uh, make sure that you follow us there and then listen to us on apple spotify and google as always this was let's talk sports i am nick and we are deep dive sports until next time thank you for listening to another deep dive sports show make sure to follow deep.dive.sports on facebook instagram and twitter and you can listen to all of our shows wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to follow our YouTube channel for more amazing content. Lastly, make sure you leave us a comment. We love hearing what you have to say. And as always, until next time, you guys, sports listeners.